What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's NFL Draft Podcast, and my buddy Connor Rogers sitting within high five distance of me because that's right. We're in New York, baby, and it's draft week, and we have a ton of rumors to talk about before we get to our Taven Bryan interview that you knocked out. I'm looking forward to hearing it because I was on an airplane this morning and missed it. Let me just say that dude is all football. So it was a lot of fun getting to talk to Taven Bryan. Uh, you know, we've gotten to talk to a lot of players in this class, and yeah. it's a super fun class. The rumor mill is officially out of control because it's draft week. So we're at the point now where Baker Mayfield is rumored to go number one. <laughs> right. So we, we've reached the We're peak. a day away from me being the number one pick in the draft. That's right. Or replacing Mel Kuyper on the desk at ESPN. That wouldn't be all too shocking. Yeah, but. <laughs> it, there's so much going on. And we will answer your draft on draft questions. Uh, Kennedy plugged in a lot of them. We know you all have a lot of questions this week. So we're going to do our best to get to them as we can, uh, whether it's here or the Stick to Football Twitter, Stick to Football Instagram. You're going to see so much of us this week, you're going to hate us. Because Thursday, every Friday, day. Saturday, we're going live on Bleacher Report's Facebook, breaking down every pick. We're doing a ton of podcasts. So many, I actually don't know our schedule. Yeah, I will. we're doing the crossover show tomorrow with Sims and Lefko, okay. which is something we've been trying to plan for, it feels like, a year now. A year now, since yeah. our show started. So that's going to be a ton of fun. And then we got basically at least recapping round one, recapping day two. Me and Matt are on the desk on Facebook Live. We're going to have a YouTube stream. The stream should be living in the app. That'll be all day Saturday. So for rounds four through seven. And then, of course, we got to recap the entire draft for the podcast, which will come yeah. out Monday morning. And Mello will be here to help and, us do that. Exactly. So Mello's going to fly in Friday. So we'll have him <laughs> on the shows. Mello Ooh. flying alone. I picture like Tommy Boy with his <laughs> trash bag, you know, it's like just <laughs> and landing in the big city. Right, so. Right. But let's jump into these rumors, man. Sure. I, I texted you a bunch of things today because I, I had two and a half hours on a flight to do nothing but use that Wi-Fi. There's a lot going on a lot here, going too. On. So, so the big one. Let's start with the big one. One of my favorite players in the entire class. I believe that on Mock Draft Monday, I said this was my dude, Leighton Van Der Esch. And it came out, I believe, last week. There was a rumor that some teams had, had flagged him medically. And his agents quickly squashed that rumor. Well, it's not a rumor. It's true. I've talked to five teams today who have him off the board because of a neck issue. Oh, uh, it's a spine problem where they feel like it's narrowing. And for some teams, that's just too much of a problem. It's too scary for them. They're not going to take that risk on a really, really good athlete who is becoming a really good football player. But I can tell you definitively that rumor that came out last week was not false. There is truth to it. Well, something that we talked about was each team has, you know, a different level of how strict they are with medicals. Yes. So, of course, he, you know, there are teams that did pass him. They might be a little more lenient, but I think when you said there's almost five, that jumps out to me is, you know, it, it could lead to a slide, maybe not, but at the end of the day, it, it's something for a linebacker where yeah, it's car crash after car ca car crash, the neck injury, that's a little scary. So it, it really interesting there you heard off of five boards for Leighton Vander yeah. That one stings. Which might mean he's on 27. So like you said, yeah. it, and, and so people hearing this, like he might get still get picked Thursday night in the top 20, and you guys are like, oh, well, I thought you said he had a medical. I know of teams in the sometimes. top 10 that didn't fail him. Yeah. They're not going to pick him because he's not a top 10 player, but it is it's really curious to, to see just where he does end up sliding in at. For sure. For one of the draft's biggest risers, I, I think this is kind of a halt now because it's just climbing, yeah. climbing, climbing. This was middle, second round, and worked his way all the way to the top 20. Now will he go before Rashawn Evans? We'll find out. It's yeah. going to be very interesting to see. The second thing, something I joked about in the opening, is that 
you know, Baker Mayfield number one. Matt, you're saying hell no. Hell no. It's not. I'm not going to bet on it like I did with Baker to the Jets because yep. I feel decent right now that I might keep my hair. So I want okay. I, I we'll to leave it at that. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, and it could just be me getting scared. But uh, I, I don't think there's any way Baker's going to Cleveland. And I, we've had Schefter on the show. We've had Adam Schefter on. Uh, you know how highly I've spoken of how helpful he's been to my career and how just great of a guy he is. I, I don't believe the the him floating this morning that Baker's in play. Or no, I should I think that that wording is very deliberate. Yes. I'm sure Baker Mayfield is in play. Every quarterback is. There's probably five or six of them in play, but I believe it's narrowed down to Sam Darnold and Josh Allen right now. And, and with Scott McLuhan there, you know, there's always going to be the Baker ties that he's in the conversation. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and listen, like you said, Schefter's been on this show. Uh, I think he's the literally the most accurate, plugged-in guy in the entire business. But he also said last year that Deshaun Watson was in play at number one overall during this week. And you know, Miles Garrett was the heavy favorite, but Watson's in the conversation. Yeah. That's the point. And that's what that means. And Scott McClellan being in Cleveland, he has been vocal about his love of Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I'm sure he has said, you know, maybe hopped up on the table and was like, hey, like let's let's just grab Baker. But that doesn't mean he's going to be the pick because John Dorsey is making the selection. And the the ownership, the Haslam's are going to be very involved in this selection because you've been bad for twenty years, Cleveland. You got to get this shit right. You can't. I I don't know that they can roll the dice on Josh Allen. I don't know that they can roll the dice on Baker Mayfield. I think they have to go with the sure thing. And as much as anyone can be a sure thing, that is Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's kind of the universal opinion across the board. So I think we've been saying it for a while. I feel very comfortable that Sam Darnold is the number one. Do you want to talk about me keeping my hair? I think I do. I think I want to cut into the r- nice little rumor rundown that you, you're just unloading everything. <laughs> this this fits I'm, in. I'm telling you what, man. I, I feel comfortable that Josh Rosen will be the pick at three. I am with you. I told you that today thinking I landed with some scoop, and I was like, bro, I'm not shaving my head. <laughs> you were so excited. Because we have the bet about so the bet that the Jets would not draft Baker. I said if they drafted him, I'd shave my head. Yep. Then I forgot about it. Then people reminded us. And Mello jumped on the... Uh, the uh, high horse with this, and it I all last week I I was warning people. Well, one thing that I think is very obvious, or at least I've heard, is that a lot of the Baker noise at number three. Now he could easily go number three. He's good he enough to go number three. Yeah. Todd Bowles clearly thinks very highly of him from everything Todd says. I think a lot of the noise is from Baker's camp, and which has that. been very powerful throughout this draft process. I don't think anybody truly knows what. Mike McCagnan is thinking right now what ownership you know is who we should right probably now? ask the guy who pit nailed both their picks in last year's mock draft that's probably not that a was you to ask. that's you I, had Jamal Adams and Marcus made it that then. is very true I think my, what I keep going back to in all of this is you're going back to Jeremy Bates 2008 he was the play caller for the Denver Broncos with Jay Cutler Jay Cutler was a pro bowler that year Broncos offense finished second in the entire NFL yeah. I think I look at Josh Rosen and I said, that's the guy that Jeremy Bates wants in my eyes. Yeah. I don't know, but I think this is, I think Josh Rosen warrants the number three overall pick. Oh yeah. I think he's a plug and play, plug and play high level player. He's the most pro ready quarterback in this class yeah. without a doubt. And I think Josh Rosen would thrive in New York. Now I'm not saying Baker Mayfield <laughs> be great for us. I don't think Baker, I think Baker Mayfield would too, but I think the jets will go the more traditional route and take Josh. So Rosen. I, I've already wrote my mock draft, and I was telling you I wanted to change my pick really badly because behind the curtain of this all, I have to make things happen early so that they can build a plan around them. And so 
I, I basically wrote in there after the fact is like, I think this pick could be Josh Rosen because the Jets already fucked up and drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round. They can't afford to miss again. If you miss, you're fired. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be a bust, but the way front offices work, especially smart ones, is they try to limit risk. It's like investing in a stock. And Baker Mayfield is an outlier. And outliers are never safe. It's always going to be a gamble. I think Josh Rosen, it, he's not my number one player in the class. He's not even my top quarterback. He's, he's number two. I think he's the safest quarterback in the draft because you know exactly what you're getting if you can keep him healthy. That's the, my only concern with him. It's not the character. It's not the coachability. It's the injuries because he, he got banged up a lot at UCLA. But I love the kid. I hope that he does get drafted here because I am pretty much going to live here next football season, and That's it's right. going to be a lot of fun. So I, I'm rooting for your Jets to get your quarterback. I would love it. And I think it would, I truly think it would finally turn the tide where, listen, the Browns have a bad quarterback history, but the Jets low key. They're right there too. They're not the farthest Y'all had Joe Namath, who was good for a couple of years. Yeah. And Chad Pennington. And, and, and I wasn't even a blip on the radar. Neither were you at that time. So no. when you look at this, all right, the next thing on this rundown is very interesting to me because I think this is almost a round one talent. I said early second, mid second. Yeah. What's going on with Josh? Sweat? Yeah. Josh sweat on talent would be a first round pick. And I have him pretty low on my board and it's because of injuries. And I talked to some teams today who they flagged him for the knee and they basically said, you know, this is a Jay type situation where he could play right now, but he is a one contract guy that you're not going to get five years out of. Yep. You might not get four years out of, but if you need to draft a dude who's going to come in right away and give you six, seven, eight sacks, yeah, he's that dude. But I, I put him in the third round because of the injury, and I think we'll see him drafted a lot higher than that, and when it happens, we can talk about, hey, his knee is degenerative. This is a problem. He, he may play five years. He may play one year. It, it reminds me of Miles Jack, it, and not as catastrophic as Jalen Smith, but guys, Miles Jack was a top five player who went in the second round. I think Josh Sweat's a second-round player who could fall maybe to the third round because of this. And this kind of reminds me a little bit for the medical concerns of Carl Lawson last year. Yeah, Carl Lawson, to me, was a first-round talent, and then the medical reports come out, and everyone was very scared, and clearly the NFL was because yeah. he fell, I believe, to the fourth round. So that one is very interesting to me because that's a player right there that seemed like a top-50 lock on talent, Yeah, now we're going to see what happens. And it's like we were talking about with Leighton Vander Esch. One team could say, now nah, we're good with it. You know, if you like... If you're the New England Patriots and your window is not five years long because Tom Brady is eventually going to retire, we think. Maybe. Why not just draft this dude? And maybe he gives you 10 sacks this year. Need help on the edge. Because who cares, right? You, you're not going to, you don't care if you get him to a second contract. You're all out of there by then. It kind of makes sense that he could, if he went late first, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm, I'm going to come out and say, hey, this isn't a great pick for the long term. But this is one dude where I think environment matters a lot because if it is to the Patriots, Okay, use him for three years and then let him go. If it's to a team like that's rebuilding, you know, and really if, if it's the Titans in round one, I don't think it's as good of a pick because they're looking long term instead of short term. That's really interesting. All right. Yeah. Another one that we've been saying that every single mock draft Monday, if you've been listening, the big guy is going top 15. Huh? He really is. Vita Vea is going top 15, whether it's to Miami at 11, Washington at 13. Or a team trading back in like the like the Los Angeles Chargers who are at 17. I, I do think he goes top 15. The people around the league just love this kid too much for him to slide. And I know he's not a, a conventional, you know, he's not a three technique tackle. And everyone wants those guys like Taven Bryan. 
Vitave is just so highly thought of as an athlete who's 345 pounds. And he's not Danny Shelton. No, he's Haloti Nada. Yep. Yeah, no, he's not he's, Danny he's Shelton at all. Player. I, I, he's not Vince Wilfork. Like, he's, he's his own guy who's a penetrator, and he's the best in the draft at splitting double teams and making something happen with interior pressure. So I do think, and what I heard today texting, you know, a handful of people was that he's going to be a top 15 pick. I, if I had to, like I said, I've already filed my mock draft, and I, I really wish I could change a bunch of things on it. Unlock if I could, vault. if I could redo some things, I would put him at thirteen okay. to Washington. Okay, I like that fit a lot. That makes sense. Uh, all right, another one here. The tight end class is kind of in such a flux where we hear, "Hey, Hayden Hurst might yeah. go into round one." You know, a lot of guys sitting there in the day two range can come off the board. Dallas Goddard, a guy that you and I got to talk to a little bit at the Senior Bowl. It seems like his stock is going up in your eyes. Yeah, it definitely is. And and one of my favorite players, Dallas Goddard, his stock is rising uh, to the point where someone told me today, we'd love to get this kid in round two. We're not going to be able to. So I, I think you have to keep an eye on him as one of those late first round teams, whether it's uh, the Vikings, uh, you have the Eagles right there at 32. They could be looking for another tight end. And the Patriots were a team that were mentioned to me because with Gronkowski, you just never know how much longer this guy's going to play. And so much of their offense runs through the tight end position. So they said to keep an eye on if New England decides that they like their offensive tackle situation or they feel like they could get a tackle at 43 with that pick from San Francisco, they could go Mason Rudolph at 23, Dallas Goddard at 31. Do you get the sense the NFL is split on Goddard and Hurst right now? Yeah, it just it matters what you want, right? Yep. Uh, Hurst is a, a much better three-down player, and I, I think even you could throw Mike Gusecki in. Mike Gusecki's a one-trick pony. That one trick's pretty fucking good. Yeah, dominant he in the red zone. He dominates in the red zone. Sure. We said the same thing about Evan Ingram last year. That guy is just a, he's a one-trick pony. Yep. Uh, okay, well, he's actually really good. Ended up being a first-round pick and for a reason. he proved as a blocker. And he did. So I, I think that, yeah, if you're the Ravens, you probably like Hayden. Hurst. If you're the Patriots, you probably like Dallas Goddard or Mike Gusecki. I think Gusecki would be great in Philadelphia, actually, uh, with Zach Ertz already there and with Alshon Jeffrey. So it, it is, it's a lot of moving parts. Like one guy's going to be, and, and this is something I, I'm really proud of our draft coverage for is that we actually talk about that, about this guy's a fit for what this team's trying to accomplish, but he's not a fit for that team. And that's so important to remember when it comes to what happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday is there are going to be guys who are really good fits for one team and not another, but they could still be a first-rounder. All right, last one on the board here. Uh, another health one, but finally some positive news. I love this guy. Billy Price sounds like uh, he's healthy and going to be ready to go. Um, not not fully healthy, obviously. When he got injured, he told me three months, and it sounds like he's on track to where there are no concerns about him being ready to, to come out and, and be ready for training camp. So I think that there's a chance that that puts him back into the top 40 conversation. Whereas when he got hurt, people were starting to think like, man, this kid might be a round three type player. Looks like everything's going to be good. And he's still going to be one of the top centers off the board. Speaking of interior linemen, you know, I'm going to ask you about this smile on your face. There's a lot of people all of a sudden that are talking about uh, Mr. Round one, Frank Ragno. What's the latest around? The you Ragno know why? That, if, if everybody starts talking about the same guy. Yep. It's because th- that talk's heating up. Frank Ragno's got a shot to go round one. Love he really it. does. And this is your guy. I don't you've know if I a, love it or hate it. All year you've been saying he's the best center in the class, best love center in the class. I think, he's a, guard. I think he's a guard. Yeah. And and I tweeted this morning. Uh, I, t- I tweeted Tuesday morning for people who didn't see it. I am not as high on Ragno. I have him at 59 overall okay. because of injury. That was the only reason. And th- this all this news comes out after you've graded a guy, right? So it's like. Do I go back in and change the grade? I don't know if Bleacher Report would let me because they yeah, have to tear up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I did. I gave him an early round two grade, though. I gave him a, what would essentially be a round two day one starter grade. So I, 
Man, he's going to go early, and you're going to be, your smile I is going to light up the it room. It already is right now. Look at me. That's, oh, man, I can't wait. I am very happy to be joined by projected first-round pick Taven Bryan out of Florida. Taven, man, we're just uh, a couple days away, finally, from the draft. How you feeling? Nervous? Excited? You know, a little bit of both at this point? Uh, You know, I'm just ready to to get it over with. I'm ready to to go in, find out what team I'm going to, you know, what the, what the plan is going to be for the next couple of years. Yeah, I hear you. I'm sure they've had you uh, bouncing around all over the place this month. So you're the son of a Navy SEAL and a firefighter. I'm the son of a firefighter, so I, we actually have one thing in common. What do you think uh, that kind of helped you prepare? I read a really cool story about, you know, growing up in Wyoming, you're training with your dad, working with your dad. It, and, you know, what do you think made makes you different in this draft that has to do with that? Um, No, I just think he always kind of instilled a uh... – a hard work ethic and, uh, you know, you know, I was made sure I was on the right path and doing the right thing. I know, obviously you played with, with a lot of guys that are in the NFL. Now, Marcus may draw Davis, tease Tabor, the list goes on and on. It, have any of them reached out and given you advice or have you reached out to them to see how they're doing? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll see those guys that come back through, you know, they come back for like the pro day and all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you'll see them come in uh, town when they got free time and, you know, You'll, you'll, you'll talk to him a little bit and, you know, get some information. So you were faced with, uh, you know, a kind of an interesting decision this year, whether to declare early or not. Was was that a difficult one for you or did it, after the season you had, was it kind of easy? Uh, you know, I kind of already made it up in my mind what I was going to do, especially with uh, another new staff coming in. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to change another staff again. Um, you know, looking back, I think the staff would have been a really good staff to stay with though. So I don't know. It was kind of a 50, 50 shot. Yeah. And speaking of the, the oldest staff, the staff that recruited you, is it true that your dad made Will Muschamp get into full firefighter gear? Oh no, no. My dad didn't make him. Uh, I think one of my fire, uh, my dad's firemen were joking with him <laughs> and uh, he's like, sure. I don't care. You know, did, did they make him do any drills or anything or they just made him put it all on? Uh, they didn't make him do anything. I think, I think, some dude just, you know, was making a joke and he kind of took it seriously. <laughs> so uh, you kind of had a, speaking of that recruiting, you had an interesting transition, you know, dominant offensive lineman in high school. But you knew going into college that that you wanted to play on the defensive side of the ball. What, what was your decision for that? Besides, you know, obviously just wanting to hit people. Was it that you thought you had a better chance going to the pros at that position or you just liked playing defense better? No, it was really just me being salty about not playing uh, defense at high school. <laughs> wait, wait. So uh, why didn't you play defense in high school? I don't know. They, they didn't think I was good enough or something like that. I find, I played <laughs> my senior year. I never played my junior or sophomore year though. So I was just really salty and decided I was going to go be a uh, you know a pretty decent uh, D lineman. Do you ever do you ever hit up your old coaches and kind of give them a ribbing now? Like, hey guys, I'm in I'm in every first round mock draft in, on the defensive side for the NFL right now. No, no. I mean, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not that petty, but you know, I might like put jerseys all over my, uh, my school or something like that. But you know, I, I still stay in touch with one of my, uh, one of my uh, coaches there. I still like him a lot. Well, I think it's safe to say that transition worked out. All right. So, um, all right. So one thing we do like to do with every single guest, we like to ask them five really out there wacky questions. Uh, the first one is, do you have a go-to pregame meal? Uh, you know, this is actually pretty basic, like like basic white girl, but like uh, <laughs> I really like avocado toast and uh, and eggs. I mean, that gets the job done. A lot of the guys tell me that 
they don't even get to choose most of the time. Obviously, it's just it's just a team meal. And then a lot of the NFL guys tell us that they'll go with like eggs or some kind of pasta. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty normal. So, all right, number two, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Now you can't you can't pick strength because I know I think you're all right in that department. So we'll go with something else. I guess they'd be like. Uh... Invulnerability or something <laughs> that, that would help at the next level. That is definitely for sure. All right. Number three, what's one game that none of your friends can beat you at? Are you a Madden guy? Are you, you know, cornhole ultimate Frisbee? What's your go-to game? Oh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm good at a lot of games. Uh, I play a lot of video games. So uh, maybe like uh, if you uh, dark souls three, or any of okay. the Dark Souls theories. Okay. Are you on are you on Twitch yet? A lot of the NFL guys are all up on are all on Twitch. Oh, like playing and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they I like the yeah. streaming and all all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, once I uh once I get set up, I'm definitely gonna be streaming. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're you're still not a social media guy, right? Uh no, I just kinda think it's like eh. But I do it anyways. <laughs> you, I just I, I kind of just started, so uh, you're not missing much. So I think I think, I'm lame. I got like I got like eight eighty followers or like seven. I don't know something like that. Yeah, uh, hopefully after this we'll we'll get you some more. Um, all right. <laughs> not that not that you care about that. Number four. Now this is something I think you'd actually be pretty good at. Stranded on a deserted island. Uh, who are you taking with you? Do you want to survive or do you kind of want to just ride out your days your your days with someone fun? You know what's actually crazy? I've been watching that uh, uh, the naked and afraid thing. Yep. And uh, you know, there's some people that just you know they <laughs> they just turn into like a vegetable and just lay it all the time. <laughs> you know, I see I see how that turns out for them. So I definitely would ra- uh, rather survive. Uh, yeah, I don't understand how that's the strategy. I-, I saw someone like try to steal food from the tent too, like the production tent. I, I don't understand. They're all on camera. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> It's just not going to work. So maybe maybe after the NFL, if the show's still on over a decade from now, we'll try to get you on there. Uh, all right. The last one, number five. If you had to make an online dating profile, whether it was Tinder or Match.com, whatever it is, what would your bio say to describe you in one line? Dang, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably just put like wild man or something. Yeah, well, you are the Wyoming. You are the, still the Wyoming wild man, right? Is that what we're going with? Or is that a yeah, Florida? I think, thing I think I'm just gonna roll with it. I think I'm committed to it at this point. Uh, so I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Taven, man, good luck uh, this weekend with the draft. We're rooting for you here at Bleacher Report. We appreciate the time and looking forward to watching you at the next level, man. All right, man. Thank you. No doubt. A big thank you to Taven Bryan, a guy that we really like on Stick to Football, a guy that we think is gonna hear his name called on Thursday night, right, Matt? Yeah, our 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 boy Dan, R.I.P. Taven Bryan might be going to his team. So it, it, it sounds so like, that way. It, it's one of those weird things. And it's something you and I haven't talked a lot about on the midweek show. I actually picked up my phone to like text him like a week ago and be like, man, I think Taven Bryan's going there. Like, Fuck. No, I can't text you that. So I was like, I'll tell Melo instead. But I love Taven Bryan. I love his story. I, I think he's such a, you, you know, I remember scouting him thinking like, God, this guy's just such an athlete. When's he going to put it together? Yep. And then you start looking at the scheme and the things he was asked to do. And you're like, well, he, he couldn't like he, they weren't asking him to produce in the way that he might have had he played somewhere like at Alabama. But looking at you know potential five techniques in this class, he could be a really, really good one. I think he could also play inside at three. So I know as we're recording this, because I've kept it locked in the vault, you haven't gotten to listen to the interview with him yet. But no. I had to ask him, 
he was an offensive lineman in high school and wanted to play defense. And the coaches in high school were like, yeah, we don't really know if he's good enough to play defense. <laughs> so one of the reasons uh, he went to Florida was because they told him we view you as a defender while a lot of top programs didn't. Yeah. Funny how that works. High school coaches, man, My they're the worst. God, dude, the guy's going to be a first-round defensive lineman. I hope he gets on the stage and just like, he, hey, remember me? I said to him, I was like, now you like kind of, you know, fuck with them a little bit. He goes, no, I'm not that petty. He goes, but don't worry. Like, I got, I got something. I'm that so, petty. Right? I would. Every, like, every year when I come up to the draft, I make sure and, like, poke on Facebook at, like, the high school coach that told me I would never mount anything. It's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, like, what are you doing now? <laughs> Coaching a 1A school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that I got that off my chest, we, we, got, a lot of, draft we got a lot of good draft on draft <laughs> questions. This first one from a guy that always sends good ones, Phil Albanese. With a very possible rush to get quarterbacks, which player do you see falling from the first to second from this quarterback domino effect? It's a great question. And I'll tell you, I was running through when I, I'm building out a seven-round mock draft. And when I got to the top of round two, I was like, how are these guys still available? And I was like, oh, yeah, because six quarterbacks went in the first round. So I could see someone like Sam Hubbard falling. I could see your guy Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn slipping a little bit yeah. and ending up top round two. Uh, Sam Hubbard. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, Ronald Jones, Deron Payne. I mean, it's, a lot of big names. Big names have to fall if six quarterbacks are going to go. We're probably going to see three offensive tackles go. There's nine out of 32 picks right there. It so also sounds like Maurice Hurst might fall a little bit. Man, he might fall today three with Yikes. this heart issue. It's Yikes. scary. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. Um, yeah, a lot of good players are going to fall. This is what the quarterbacks do. What what happens every single year? It's yeah. like now we just got six of them that are going to push guys down. It's amazing. So, all right, this one from Sylvester Valderrama. A lot of people have said this class is a down year. What makes or breaks a draft class for you? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, especially to talk about this week. It is a down year across the board. It's an up year at some positions. I mean, where is Six quarterbacks are going to get drafted in the top 40, we expect. That's an up year for that. That's a lot. Uh, three offensive tackles is uh, under where you would like it to be, but I think this tackle class is better than last year's. Great corner class, great running back class again. I like the linebackers a lot. When I look at it, I think, okay, how many true first-round picks are there in a class? And I think this year there's probably about 17 or 18, okay. which is low. I had 18 first-round yeah. grades. Yeah, but I have 50 second-round grades. So, like, it's... There's really good depth in this class. Yep. There's just, but how many blue chip players are there? I mean, seven. None of the. I don't know if any of the quarterbacks are. So I, I think Rosen is, but I'm not. That's not like a consensus opinion. Yeah. So all. like Saquon's a blue chip. Quentin Nelson's a blue chip. Bradley Chubb's a blue chip. Yeah. Maybe Minka. Yep. I think Derwin is. Derwin. That's five. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward's small. I yeah. Mean, I wouldn't call him a blue chip player. So I, I, I think that's what. Like, how many of these guys would have been top ten picks last year? couple of them yeah that's about it so it, I think that's one way you can look at it and try to gauge if it's a good draft or not I'm not blown away by the draft class as a whole I think when you get to the third round you start to go okay now we're really you know really taver, tailoring off here in yeah. terms of talent and I uh -oh. think that speaks volumes this, when you're, day three is bad day three's sure. day three is bad yeah it's bad but the top of the draft is a lot of fun because of the quarterbacks and yep. that's why a lot of people don't realize that it's not a deep class okay guess who's sending a question Anthony Mangaluzzo. Yeah, of course. Shocker. Okay, which draft pick is most likely to steal the show with his onstage performance at the draft? <laughs> That's a great question. Man, the guys that are going to be there, I mean, yeah. Baker Mayfield's not going to be there. That's right. that's the layup. You would expect the, picks. I, the problem is I picture him doing like a Manziel like money sign thing. Yeah. So. Or he'll come out with a headband on. <sighs> he would. I mean, yeah. Derwin James is a star. Derwin James is going to do it. I think Saquon could do it. Really? Okay. I think he's like just so charismatic. Yeah. 
Um, he's almost the perfect prospect. I don't know what Rosen's going to do. I hope do. Quentin Nelson military presses Roger Goodell. I hope he pancake blocks him and then just like <laughs> spears him, him into the dirt. <laughs> I hope Rosen pulls out his fuck Trump hat and wears and it. puts it on. In, I would I would like that. Maybe not in Dallas. Or There's, comes down from the rafters in a hot tub that, oh, that yeah. lands you, on Like the backstage, stage. he's in a hot tub with that's, his arm around that tin that he was sitting with. That's the way to UCLA. do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, there's so many options here that, that so many ways you could go. I think Sam Darnold will come out and like thank everyone in the building. He'll be like, he'll him and Josh Allen's hand. Him and Josh Allen will just be, yeah, you know, they're so they're so professional, professional, laid back. Yeah. Oh man, it's a California thing. Yeah. All right, Shaquem so, Griffin. Oh, Shaquem Griffin. He's going. He's going. Right. Yeah. That, I almost made a handshake joke. Damn the, it. <laughs> I spent too much time he with Melo. Could, you could, he's the one pushing all of these. And he loves Shaquem Griffin. He absolutely loves him. It's just so funny. <laughs> all right. Dan Kiefer wants God. to know, dream boxing match in this class, Rosen versus Baker, Will Hernandez versus Vita Vea. Dream boxing. Quentin Nelson against Braden Smith. Quentin Nelson versus Billy Price. Yep. I think Quentin Nelson would crush Billy Price. He's so much bigger. He's so like maybe it's Quentin Nelson bigger. versus Vita Vea. Or Will Hernandez. Yeah. Will how, about a, has a, how about a tag team offensive line, defensive line match? Quentin Nelson and Will Hernandez versus Vita Vea and Deron Payne. Oh, I would pay so much money to watch that. I'm taking the offensive line. Match. I am too. I think Quentin Nelson is, I, I like to have a little security with me, as you know, because sometimes people confront me in our, bars and mobile. psychos, yeah. Quentin Nelson, if he if he doesn't make it in the league, I will hire him to be my bodyguard. Yeah, I think he would be a, like the, well, he'd be a pro wrestler in three weeks after yeah, not he would making be. it in yeah. the league. So that's a good one. I would definitely, I think Rosen would destroy Baker. He's got so much more reach. He's like 20 pounds. He's like 15 pounds heavier and four inches taller. Yeah. Three inches taller. I mean, it's just his jabs. Just Although, jabs. I don't all know, day. man. I don't like betting against Baker. I always think he just marks all this shit down. He does. He's so, listening to this so right later now. On, and he'll be like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, losers. So I don't like he doing is. that. So, all right. This next one from Daniel Jacobli. What day three prospect could be the next star? We were just saying how bad this day three is. Yeah, day three gets tough to, but to find a guy. If Maurice, if her slides slides to day three, yeah, like he could be a star. He could be. Now the the heart can do. It, of course, it's scary, but he has the talent to be a star. Can I cheat? Yeah, go ahead. Dimitri Flowers. I haven't star said his name fullback. in a while. Is he going to be? Is name. he going to be like the juice? That's why yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, okay, a legit one. I think Mike White. If he okay. gets drafted to the right situation, could be a pretty good quarterback. Okay. Not great, but pretty but pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, Andy Dalton, like. Should you spill the beans about Dimitri Flowers? I, I want to jinx it, but okay. now I have to because you said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The, the rumor is he's going to call in to our live stream Saturday after he's picked. Yeah, there's a rumor going around. Yeah. I didn't start it. Matt didn't start it. Yeah, but there's a rumor. He, he favorited my tweet about us doing the live stream on day three. People are saying he's calling in. We'll see what happens. So. The, the text he sent me says he's calling in. So we'll see. <laughs> right. we'll see how it goes. This is the third Dan question in a row. That's a weird sign. At dsauter324. Which player do you feel has had too little of hype in this draft? Oh, man. I want to say Saquon, but I know that's not fair. The uh, Sony Michelle hype tailed. It like, was it really sky did. high and then died. Here's mine. Bradley Chubb. Why are we not? Like, this dude's fucking great, and no one's talking about him at all. I don't we get it. We have no idea where he's even going to go. I think he goes forward to Cleveland. You do? Okay. I thought yeah. he's no way he gets by the Colts. No, hell no. But I just don't know if Cleveland's going to keep the pick. They yeah. should. Keep it and man. take Bradley Chubb. Don't I don't want to. I don't want to live in the past. If the Jets could have got Kirk Cousins and drafted oh, Bradley Chubb, no, no brainer. <sighs> uh, I mean, 
Stop. Those are the days. <laughs> I do like. I think Bradley Chubb is somehow underrated because all we've talked about are the quarterbacks. But that happens to a lot of guys. Like Calvin Ridley, I think is underrated because we don't we haven't focused on anyone but the quarterbacks. It and I would say Roquan Smith has somehow gotten underrated throughout this process. I think so. I think I he's, he's a, a top niner. five player. I hope he's a niner Thursday night. Still putting that money on either uh, your boy. You have tr- money on Tremaine. I have money on McGlinchey. Yeah, but we'll see. It's so. gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. All right, here's one uh, from Luis Contreras. Look at me nailing that. Wow, name. great job. Who do you think will be a Pro Bowl player <laughs> traded for a pick in the first round? Or sorry, Whoa. do you think there oh. will be a Pro Bowl player? No. <laughs> um, no. Have you seen the Julio Jones thing though? Yeah, it's funny how he react. Well, you got very excited. I did. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. So Julio allegedly locked his Twitter account down to private and scrubbed any mention of the Atlanta Falcons, yep. unfollowed anyone associated with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm hoping this means the Niners are going to trade for him. That's a big hope. Kyle Shanahan, there's a connection. Oh, I mean, we know Kyle Shanahan. What would, would you trade nine Hulu. for Julio Jones? He's what, 29 years old, I believe. Uh, you know what? I would. That's a good question. How I would do he? it because yeah, number one, I know Kyle Shanahan is going to get 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns out of Julio Jones. Uh, number two, I think Julio is going to be a star level player for, he's not one of those guys that hits 30 and it's like, Oh, he sucks now. Like he's going to be really good for the next three years. So three years of a number one wide receiver. He's one of what? Five true number yeah, ones in and a draft. That's not that good. It's not that good. Yeah. It's Nine not is a lot. Maybe try to get, that, what we, that, always, we always fall for this where we we like the prospects so much and are like, wait a second. Like, I'm going to trade a, a Mike McGlinchey or a Tremaine Edmonds for Julio yeah. Jones. Come okay. on, man. Sure. Like, out of number one wide receivers in the NFL, it's A.B., Odell, Julio. And who and OBJ scares the shit out of me. He's so. the best, though. Yeah. That so, might be it. The true number ones. People are going to all tack us. Mike Evans, you don't Michael Thomas. Guy. Yeah. Those guys are good. They're not tier one. Tier two. Okay, that was Connor's hot take. I'm not getting involved because, uh, yeah. I do like Mike Evans. We'll yeah. blame Jameis for him not being an right. absolute star yet. That that needs to turn this year. You're right, especially with Dirk Cutter kind of hanging yeah. out by the ropes there. Oh, Dirk Cutter. Anthony Perry wants to know, which quarterbacks do you possibly see going against each other in a Super Bowl out of the first rounders? Uh, Rosen and Baker. You think they're going to go to... Rosen's going to go to the Jets. Baker's going to go to the oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because that would be a slide for Baker. Right. I don't. Yeah, Super... Too many of them are going to the AFC. Yeah. You thought of it in a calculated way. I just spit out an yeah, answer. That's me. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Well, they're all going to. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to the AFC East. So it's hard. Yeah. Right. The Broncos. I give the Cardinals Jets. take Lamar Jackson. I don't think I, I don't love that team. No, that team is not. It's kind of in shambles yeah. right now. I don't none. I'm gonna say none. That's the only reason why. If I had to pick on like two that I think will be the best, I think Rosen and Baker will. Yeah. And I don't think I mean, love you, Sam Darnold, but you're probably not taking the Browns to the Super Bowl anytime soon. No. If he does, then uh he's a Hall of Famer. Freezing cold takes, you just roast this entire yeah, video. This whole segment so, is gone. Yeah. All right. Last one. That was a good question though, because it, it is interesting when you look at the landing spots. Yeah. This one from Jonathan Frame. I like his at the Framiac. The Dude, Framiac. We get the best best handles what is your favorite more sentimental part of the draft outside of watching film and scouting i think the trips we do leading up to it yeah for me are the best yeah i agree like this um i was actually telling my girlfriend that going to the senior bowl without dan is gonna be 
totally different. Like, oh yeah, almost impossible. I so mean, you're going. Alone, it's been. <laughs> yeah. So you and Mello are going, yeah. whether you have to quit your jobs or not, you're going to be there this year. That'd be really sad. It you're is. There by yourself. It, it, like, I, I think people like hear you and I talk every week. They hear Mello and I, but like what they don't realize are like the friendships that you build in this business. No doubt. I mean, uh, we're all incredibly close because of the trips and the time we spend together. So like for me, not to get all corny, especially with the last question. Thanks, Kennedy. I, I the, she set the, she's she she's a good rundown builder. Yeah. Is the it is it really is it's the friendships that you build, whether it's you or Heisler, you know, yeah. Nelson, all the time that we've just spent together. When Matt Bowen and I went to every event together, we were like you know work wives for each other. Of you course, know? like we always planned our trips around who was going to get where, and so that's that's really it for me. And and also the you know relationships with players, with people who work for teams. Um, and, and it gets to a point where you're like truly excited for them because this week means so much for, obviously it means a lot for us, but you know, like we have friends who are coaches and general managers now and, and to see them succeed is great. Yeah, I think the most uh, the underrated fact that a lot of people don't realize is when you get to this point, how often you're rooting for people that are making decisions on that weekend, because you're right, you do form relationships with them and you want to see them succeed. You don't want to see people get fired. Like that's never, ever the case. So for all the players that come on the show and give us time and, and we really, really root for all the, um, you know, the guys working in the league. It's, I think that's what makes it a lot of fun. And the trips really do have a lot to do with that. So that would be it for me. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. It's uh it's here. Finally. And, Draft week's here. If you're wondering, Matt is not gonna be able to put the phone down from now until Sunday. <laughs> I was texting while is, you were talking. Which is good. It's a good thing. It means we're gonna have more buzz <laughs> oh, for the show tomorrow, and then we're gonna have more buzz for draft night when he's live. And like we've all made fun of the guys on TV for doing that and like the the people who it's like staged. You've no, sat with me for enough years to know that like there's sometimes you just Yeah, my favorite thing, I think it was two years ago, Sims and I were sitting on the desk together and he was like Le- leaned over, looked over my funny. He's like, "Hey, tell him I said what's up." Yep. <laughs> like, okay, man. That is, cool. That's a classic. Or him Sims. calling Kyle Shanahan right? last year yeah, to just get the pick on desk on the desk. I can't wait to, to hang awesome. out with those guys. That's the kind of stuff you get if you watch the Bleacher Report stream, not television. Yeah, so, and we'll be ahead just to warn everyone. I don't want people turning it on. Yeah, we'll like, be oh a my pick God, ahead. You ruined my draft night. Yeah. So it's gonna be. I've been doing a lot of radio in preparation for not being able to curse. Because uh, on the podcast, luck. I curse all the time. And so to Thursday night, I'm going to have to be like church mat. Well, I've turned into like a seven-year-old when I do uh, radio during the week. I like normally I would be words on our show where I'd be like, you know what, Matt? Like that fucking sucks. Yeah. And then I like go to say that on radio and stop and think of like a, a childish yeah. word. Like, uh, oh, that really stinks. So yeah. like, it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. So it's the luxury of getting to uh, do the draft coverage here. Yeah. What's unfortunate is the show has to end now. So That's right. Thanks it's for not, handling the Taven Bryan interview. I'm excited gonna, to hear it. There's going to be shows every single day. So no, people have nothing to fear. You won't miss this voice for long. Mm-hmm. So make sure you've subscribed to Apple Podcasts so you can get these shows every day when they come out. We'll talk to you guys again very, very soon. 